Are you living the crazy life of a sports parent? This is Sports Parenthood, the podcast packed with cool conversations with sports people, coaches and professionals for rookie sports parents just like you. You'll hear nuggets of gold in every episode with your hosts, fellow sports parents, John and Tiffany Bonacera. Before we start today's discussion on unpacking the Tokyo Olympics for sports parents, for our new listeners, why don't we tell them a little bit about ourselves, John, and the situation we're currently in. I'm Tiffany. I'm in Sydney with our two kids who are 14 and 11. We're navigating remote learning and lockdown, uh, which is, you know, we're having our <laughs> our good moments and our not so great, um, but we're trying to stay fit and mentally healthy uh, with community sport currently off the cards for the foreseeable future. It's a little bit tricky, but all things considered, we're going okay for now. But you're up in Queensland yeah, I am. And you've been there for almost four weeks. But I have to say there's a bit of a perception you're up there having a little bit of a holiday. Is this true? <laughs> What's it been like for you? Look, there's certainly aspects to being in Queensland like winter is not mm. winter. That's a dead set certainty. It has, we've been very, very fortunate here. We are at a lovely facility at Novotel Twin Waters. And mm-hmm. so there are certainly positives. Being away from U3 uh, is not one of those. It's been a it's been a difficult period, especially with the arrival of some of our families and partners in the middle of last week, uh, who mm. did a fairly tough stint in quarantine in the Gold Coast, and uh, a lot of that's been well publicised. But they're here now and they're settling in nicely, and it's you know, it's really nice to hear the the laughter of kids and see them riding their bikes around. And uh, for those that don't know, the Queensland government lifted our lockdown here in southeast Queensland last night. So people are a little bit freer today and uh, we're still wearing masks everywhere in a public space Um, and we're still obviously trying to run a professional rugby league program, which is, uh, I won't say it's hard. Well, it's never been done before and I think that's probably part of the difficulty of the whole thing. Look, it is. It is. There's just considerable points of liaison that are continuous and it's we're, we're operating here, for those that don't know, in a hub and there are four clubs here. So we're sharing training facilities, we're sharing hotel facilities, um, and there's all the little nuances around people's dietary requirements, having consideration for other people. For example, if two teams play on a Saturday night and another team plays Sunday and they're getting off a two-hour bus trip and they're coming home at 1 o'clock in the morning, how much noise do they make? Um, How do we navigate wanting to train at the same time? How do we compromise around those things? So there's, there's lots of positives as well that support all that Uh, and I think in simple terms probably the greatest part and I know Tiff this is a a bugbear for you but um, I am Mm. blessed in that I get meals cooked for me. Yes you are lucky. And I must admit the food here has been fantastic and and I'm very thankful for that because the days are very full and um, eating is secondary. Do you mean you're not there walking around the resort in your budgies just doing a little bit of giving the girls a treat once or twice but um uh, I am uh, probably when I'm walking around in comparison to NRL players who are in some cases nearly 30 years younger than me, uh, significantly browner than me and with a head of hair, it's, um, it may not be that appealing. <laughs> 
But um, but, but I'm, I'm doing nice my best. There, I'm doing my best in an otherwise <laughs> difficult situation. No, but look, I, I do have a really nice room. You know, I'm looking at the water now and uh, albeit today is the, the, the worst day weather-wise we've had. It, it has been pouring with rain and, and I know that something uh, that has been unbelievably fortunate and particularly for, for you, Tiff, is that the Olympics have been on. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, coming back, I guess, to today's discussion is um, unpacking the Tokyo Olympics for sports parents. And I'm going to put my hand up before we get started in the conversation, John, and say that I admit I was wrong. So in a previous, <laughs> I know that's hard. Well, I was actually, you probably like can't I, believe your ears. I paused <laughs> because I nearly <laughs> swallowed my tongue. I was, I was that, I was that, that shocking, you know. <laughs> and I, I haven't got it in writing, but I've got it recorded. Which is a real bonus. I know. Well, that's true. Well, in a previous episode, we debated whether the Olympics should go ahead and you said that it should and I said it shouldn't. But I admit that uh, the Olympics have been quite amazing um, with the organising committee in Tokyo pulling it's a, off, it's I a guess, minor miracle. what from the outside looking in has been, Incredible. you know, a, a minor miracle. You're right. And so thank goodness that they did because hasn't it oh. kept us, particularly for us um, in lockdown, uh, and I know you were in part of it in Victoria and we're all in and out of lockdowns and it's a bit crazy, but it's certainly been a it's wonderful been a distraction. It's been and I have seen, yes. and, and I'm not big on the social media front, but I have seen so many people who have just said they thought and or felt that these Olympics might be a flop, no crowds, no atmosphere, um, people, people, well, coming, that was me. people coming from a, a, you know, a disrupted preparation and unable to perform at their peak and all the countries, but obviously from an Australian's perspective, it's been absolutely phenomenal in my eyes. Well, we, we killed absolutely it. Absolutely smashed them. <laughs> and it was, it's been, I, I don't have any superlatives. Some of the things that I remember in the moments, I, know. Um, I will keep with me forever, as I'm sure many of you will. Okay, so what we'll do, and um, we haven't discussed what our highlights were, we haven't no. swapped highlights, so uh, we're going to go through them and surprise each other, and some yeah. of them may cross over. But do you want to start, John? Because I've got my list of highlights here. Do you want to go through some of yours? Well, well, straight up, you've got mm-hmm. to go to the early mm-hmm. days in the Definitely. pool, don't you? And uh, obviously, I know that we had a number of male swimmers do well, but but our females just look, they dominated. absolutely outshone. They, they were shining bright. It was phenomenal. The other thing, John, is I'm going to see how many times I break into tears through this episode. And there's a possibility. <laughs> I thought they were already started. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, I, when I, I think straight away, obviously, and, it's, and it is an obvious one, you know, it's Ariane Titmus going on to beat probably the greatest female swimmer in history in Katie Ledecky, not once but twice, mm. and then to run her the entire length of the race in the 800 and to, to, for her to win by, you know, half a body length, three quarters of a body length to Ariane and then to come out in a relay and, and go again. I know. And, you know, you've got your Kaylee McEwens yep. and your Emma McKeans and Kate Campbells and Emily well, Seabong getting a bronze. Did, did you read my mind? Because they're literally the names that I wrote in a list to discuss no, all of those. Some, and I guess the I've other, got, have you got those that written hand, down? No, I've got it hand, handwritten. Okay. And I was a huge moment when I saw um, Emily Seabong yes. and how 
what emotional she was to win a bronze. Yes, yes. You know, how emotional the boomers were to win a bronze. Well, we're going to get to that because I've got some notes around Patty Mills on that. But coming back to to Emma, who is now Australia's greatest Olympian, following her medal ball in Tokyo. She's the most unassuming uh, athlete. It's just quite unbelievable. Um, And I was shocked watching her, particularly in the 50-metre freestyle, which is obviously, you know, just one hell of a kick and it's splash. It's a blue ribbon event, isn't it? But I did, and I sat there with Andy and watched that race, our daughter, who is a competitive swimmer. I said, let's count how many times she breathes over 15, the 50 metres. No, did metres. you see? No. Did you count? No. No, it was one. So I thought uh, that no surprise. it was really interesting. So we watched that really closely. But did you know, John, um, that she was on the verge of quitting sport after she didn't make it to in the team in London? And look, now, uh-huh. nine years later, She's our most decorated Olympian of all time. And that is just It's ridiculous. unbelievable. And, and, and it's so, I said modest, so unassuming. unassuming. Yep. She looks like she just takes everything in her yep. stride and, and, and nothing seemed to phase her. And the other thing is, and I haven't even calculated in my mind, look at the way she I backed know, up. I know. She was just backing up day in, day out, day we in, day out. had a mammoth out. program. I know. I loved her. And actually, I did a bit of research on her in preparation for this episode. And one of the things I found was a quote that she has noted against her profile on the Swimming Australia website, which I think is quite apt for for sports parents listening. And it says, a champion is defined not by their wins, but by how they can recover when they fail. Now, that's actually a Serena Williams quote, but that's her favourite quote. Um, And I do think that that sort of says a lot about her. And it's also a really great message for for you know sports parents and particularly right now where for a lot of us lockdown is you know that's making things a little bit difficult for all of us there are without a shadow of a doubt moments of difficulty for everybody and potentially everybody listening in is is shaking their head agreeing or nodding Mm. their head i should say and and in particular in relation to their children's sport and mm-hmm. you know the closure so of swimming pools hard. and the stopping of community sport and team sport mm-hmm. and, and what it means for you as individuals and oh, I guess you know as a family we feel fortunate in that we have the means and the mechanism by which we can still continue something mm-hmm. to tick over in the short term but in other people's situations perhaps it's not as easy and mm. we certainly feel for you but we also know and uh, this is evidence as well is that these guys in an Olympic year. And in an Olympic cycle, have gone through an unbelievable amount of difficulty, Mm. adversity Mm -hmm. left, right, and centre. And they've come out Mm -hmm. and set the world stage alight. And it was, and we all loved it from our lounge rooms. Yeah, particularly I did read an article earlier today um, in regards to Michael Bowl, who is actually Emma's coach, and he noted that when uh, it was announced they uh, to the squad, they were told sort of last year that the Olympics were going to be postponed and apparently Emma was crying uncontrollably um, when that, you know, was um, said to them and and announced to them. And, you know, it is really wonderful to see that um, she, I guess, put her head down and focused on the the next goal and readjusted whatever she needed to do and came out firing when it really mattered. And that is her in a nutshell, Mm. isn't it? I know, I know. She Mm. won an Olympic. (laughs) Uh, gold in a relay Mm. post everything else and Mm. she just every single time she was just on and I I found that incredible and Mm. when we're on the subject of parents and and I know I'm sort of jumping Mm. backwards and forwards but how good was it listening to Jess Fox's dad 
commentate his mm-hmm. daughter in such a pristine and educated <laughs> way Calm. where he must have been going inside, he must have been doing the duck and his legs were underwater paddling frantically saying, come on, come on, come on. And But he oh, delivered no, we, we it. We were laughing actually he watching delivered it, it here thinking. He delivered it so well. Oh, we were thinking, imagine if that was your dad I said that to our kids. Imagine if it was your dad. He'd be like looping it off the off Particularly the Richter when, and this guy is Yeah, when she probably there. didn't achieve her goal in her first race. No, but she did in the C1 canoe slalom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like phenomenal performance from oh, well, her look, to in, say, in saying that, in staying, saying that, bronze is no, no, not at all, but you, you know, in we know that, inherently yeah. gold was yeah. her was her goal. That she was out to win gold. And she qualified first, yeah. Just coming back a little bit, well, just coming back a little bit, and that's amazing and I don't want to distract from Jess's um, achievement, but um, one swim that I think did fly under the radar a little bit um, was the bronze medal performance of Karina Lee in the 10K Open Water event. Um, she became the first Australian to cl- claim a medal in marathon swimming. Now, I have never swim that far in my life because I'm absolutely – I can barely <laughs> run that far. I'm a rubbish swimmer. But, and I mean that. But Andy and I um, watched the race, so that's our daughter together. And um, she, Andy, actually competed in her first open water national event in March this year, which was a 5K event. Um, and it was actually really interesting to see her watch uh, the race because um, Karina was in that lead pack kind of working through the last few kilometres and I could see Andy sitting next to me squirming. And I said to her, what's going on? Like, what, what, what's what up? What are you feeling? She, yeah, well, she said, I know how she must be feeling. And I feel sick <laughs> because because it's so hard what she's doing. And I thought to myself, yeah, that's really interesting. And then, you know, we both sort of cheered and carried on when she got a medal and was so happy for her when she got that bronze medal. And, and I guess, you know, like the other uh, Emma and the other swimmers we were talking about earlier and Jess as well, it's just the stories. It is. Uh, of these athletes that, you know, really have come to the fore um, and are quite amazing and interesting. And that's actually what makes the whole thing so interesting, I think. Yeah, and look, as you said, we're not swimmers. We're not 10K swimmers by any stretch of the imagination. In fact... What do you mean? Well, I'm, I don't I'm reckon a, you I'm could get past 50 metres swimmer <laughs> at a poor level, but if it involves a, not too if bad. It involves a not solitary too bad. turn, the game is over. <laughs> But, and, but that's probably but by true. the same token, and I can ima- I can picture Andy and, and the way you're describing it because I know that she has described to me the back end of some of the distance races that she's undertaken, yes. like uh, you know a 200 butterfly. That the last 50 is rem- is reminiscent oh, yeah. of internal bleeding. Is oh that's right, she did is, say that, didn't she? She, <laughs> she said the life is literally being sucked out of you, and you are doing everything possible. Uh, just to get to the wall, and um, and I'm sure Karina Lee is sitting at home oh now with gosh. her, well, perhaps in quarantine still, but once she will, yeah. and sharing those moments with her family will be great. And while we're on the subject, and I think this is really important because it is what's been resonating for all of us, is panning to these individuals' homes, and, and the coverage was pretty special, I have to admit, whereby we were getting into the home of Ariane Titmus and we were getting into the home of Peter Boll, the the 800-metre runner, yeah. and and into the lounge rooms of these families and riding the wave with them. BMX, and I apologise, I've I've forgotten her name and I know it's difficult to pronounce, but I, I will get it, who fell in the final and her family and in particular her brother 
Yes, and, that was and, an incredible was, story. And, mm. and, and, and it tells you exactly what we're trying to say to you, that, mm. that people are intrigued by others' journeys mm. and their story. <sighs> and the, Stop using know, that word. I know, I know. I said it intentionally. I actually <laughs> put my fingers in the air and did inverted commas as I was doing it. Oh, thank goodness. Even though no one's watching. But <laughs> it, it is. That's what we love. Mm. And, and I think that's really contributed to how wonderful these moments are because we're actually seeing and feeling those moments with the mums and dads and partners and children mm. of these athletes as they, you know, as they find their their most finest moment. Well, you know, I can kind of remember Ariane Titmus's mum and dad in particular, I guess, because they were kind of etched in our memories because of the fact that um, that was quite early on. Yes. Um, and they, from what I could see, are at a parent's hub in um, Noosa. So it looks like the swimming families were in a, a parent's hub up there. Um, and I know, you know, I guess it's just really highlighted the importance of family and friends on these achievements. And, for example, Robin, so Ariane's mum, she sort of made a few great comments but one of them was god she can race which you know i noticed can. that too <laughs> i absolutely noticed it yeah, yeah it was something that i thought about and she steve said her dad he just said he couldn't believe she'd actually done it yeah and 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 interestingly um it pulled out a quote from him saying that uh, he felt that their role as parents ha- ha- have always been to believe they they believe is to provide the kids with a stable environment so they can concentrate on chasing their dreams and I thought that that was really interesting and so true as well and and something that uh, I guess most of us can um relate, relate to. to yeah 100% we can and mm. Any other highlights? Because I've got some on my list if you uh, wanted look, to go through. Look, I do. There's no – obviously I know that athletics – and I won't steal your thunder on that, but mm, – Don't um, steal my thunder, please. Obviously there's there's multiple, but can you go past – you can't go past the decathlon, can you? Oh, my the, gosh. What an the, Olympic the iconic deca- Olympic moment. Isn't it? I know. Now I'm going to start tearing up because mm-hmm. that sort of really encapsulates, I think, a lot of what this Olympics – really meant to a lot of people it showed camaraderie in the spirit um and that's why we love it so much yeah it did but you can continue it did and, and you know is it is it cedric dubler is that how you pronounce yes. his name yes like phenomenal mm-hmm. to know that he wasn't a medal chance himself and no, to he ended up finishing 21st Ash maloney mm. And get him over the line. It was very special to watch. I know. And then the um the old F year at the end. That was yeah. pretty awesome with that um picture of him and his face and his excitement. So um I guess that doing a doubler will go down in history. Yeah, look, I think it will. I I, I genuinely agree with you. And I and I, again I haven't I'm not a big social media buff, but everything I see is people saying, How good is this? How Australian is this? And like to to drive somebody like when you're over when you're over and working as hard as you possibly can to achieve your own goals and essentially to forgo your own position in that particular event when he clearly could have gone better mm. in in order for his teammate to medal, uh, you know that's something that we will remember forever. Definitely. So just a couple before we get yeah. on to some other things. Yeah. So um, that was a highlight for me. Coming back to the track, and I don't like to focus all of my energy on the track, but that is my background. Now, um, Peter Bowl, you mentioned earlier, Phenomenal. fourth in the 800-metre final, um, our first finalist in the event for 53 years, and just an amazing, again, an amazing Lost. backstory in Lost. how he got to the line and such a story of courage yeah. and determination. And also, um, so humble. He just said he put himself out there. Mm. 
You know, the way he led, no one was prepared to lead. Mm. He probably knew he was in the death seat and, and he still hung on for fourth. You know, he's someone to watch in Paris, there's no question. You know, and I love the, the how he got into athletics in terms of his um, a teacher at school wanting to fill up the races when he was around 16 years old at the athletics and um, some of the kids, um, he said, yep, who wants to go in, you know, the 400? And one of the kids said, look, Peter can run, miss. And she said, can you run, Peter? And, she, and apparently he said, yes, miss. And, and he said, how far do I have to run? One lap, just one lap. And apparently he did the lap and he was unbelievable and a fair way ahead of anyone else. And then, you know, the same sort of scenario happened when the 800 came on and he said, how, do I, how far do I have to run? And, and, and apparently laps. she said, just two laps this time. And apparently he was ahead by around 100 metres or so and um, the teacher was like, knew he, he was onto something special and, um, and it kind of went from there. But I think it's really interesting because he was about 16. So, you know, it. he doesn't come back through he hasn't come through the traditional ranks I guess no. and um, it just shows you what can happen when someone takes an interest in you and perhaps provides a pathway and offers a pathway that may not have been there previously and he's taken it with both hands with the support obviously of his family and um, and literally run with it. Yes and look I'm going to break away from Australia for a minute uh, and for those that saw it the, the men's 400 meter hurdles <laughs> and the Norwegian Karsten Warholm, it honestly, if for those that haven't seen it, he runs a 45.94, which would have won, I'm told, the Australian national title 400 metre flat. Yeah, wow. And it is incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was fortunate to be in a group environment in our, in our team space here in the hub, uh, watching that together. And there was a group of men who are alpha males <laughs> And everybody was screaming at the television, um, watching how phenomenal he was moving and the way he was moving. And we have a sprint coach and someone who is training our boys, you know, in fast feet and movements across the ground and the recognition from the individuals around the way he was running and the style he was running and the time he was running. And it was such a phenomenal atmosphere. And um, mm. and you, you speak of tears, darling. You know, Were you crying our, then? No, Were you teary? No, but our our sprint coach was was quite emotional, and yeah, and how, right. What a like he was incredulous as to how can a human move that quickly and and do what he just did. He broke it by nearly a second, and, mm, and been amazing. standing for since Edward Moses, like it's like oh, wow. forty years or something. It was. It was so good, incredible, to watch. and fast, and, and, and I, amazing. as I said, I was fortunate to be in that environment where I had sort of 15, 20 people around me watching a 75-inch telly and we were all shouting at it. And it was uh, a... Um, what's a 75? Is, a 70, is that a big one? It's bigger than ours in the lounge room, my darling. Let's put it that way. Is that right? <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. And it, so it was yeah, exciting. So you know it, it, it just, it's had, its, it's had some wonderful... Mo- I mean, and we're, we're scratching the surface. I like, know. I have to, so I can't, many I can't, more. Okay, look, we can't complain. There's know, the we're, we're, there's, and the hockey ruse oh. and the... Uh, the women's hockey, excuse me, I've forgotten their name briefly. I apologise. There's the uh, the Kookaburras. women's beach. No, that no is that's the, the men's. The men's. Well, the hockey yep. is the women's. Thank you. There's the women's beach volleyball silver medalists yes. and their stories. Yes. And, and Natalie Cook in the background, former gold medalist, sharing those and those moments and how she knew those girls and how they grew up and how they formulated their own plans to become beach volleyballers. And now they're Olympic silver medalists. Mm. Very, very unlucky not to be gold medalists. And mm. as we spoke about, the Kookaburras getting beat in 
in you know in golden goal basically for extra time and the Matildas doing the same and and the Boomers winning. We're a coming gold back medal to the Matildas, and I'm medal. sure. Oh. Well, they were amazing too, and uh, you know one thing so I did think exciting. about the Matildas, um, and obviously the standout there um, would have been Sam Kerbert. Obviously, the rest of the team as well. But it's actually really interesting when you're watching with your kids, and I'm sure you've all had moments of um, this as well. Uh, you know, watching with our daughter who is a keen soccer player, our younger daughter, and um, one of the things she hasn't really watched a lot of soccer no, at doesn't. a high level, and it was really interesting because they did do most of the shots from kind of a little bit of an aerial so you could kind of see the whole field and it's interesting what she picked up from watching them so she was talking about the fact that you know she, even defending a particular we, way well for a particular no reason. not even not even that, because one of the things that we talked about with her is the fact that, you know, with soccer, it's really important. You have to be, you've got a lot of running to do and it's really important for you to be really fit and fast, but she never really joined the dots on that. And I have to say, um, watching um, the, the games with that sort of aerial view, you could really, really see that. How, how hard they're fast. working off the ball and how important it is and to be speedy. And you have to run hard yeah. and um, that really hit home for her and I have to say that's something that she's taken away and she she weirdly volunteered or asked me whether we could do 200 metre reps the other day. And that, I'm assuming that's off the back of those. Is a miracle. Because <laughs> so, this child loves, loves her plaiting her doll's hair and doing things well, on, she's actually on doing the, that right on now. the internet. So for her to ask those questions and I did – ask her that evening on the phone when we were having our regular FaceTime, how are you, darling? And she goes, I am tired, Dad. I'm tired. <laughs> I did five 200s this morning. And I said, wow, yeah. how fantastic is that? And she goes, it's not fantastic. It's terrible. <laughs> and I said, did you, I said, did you genuinely enjoy it? And she said, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, she did. And and mm-hmm. it just another And that little... was just simply by watching the girls there you go. play, you know. And we all seek our motivation um, somewhere and it's nice that she can find it in that regard. Yeah, no, it was wonderful. So that was another highlight for us. But um, you did mention earlier the boomers. Yes. And, and Patty Mills. Um, you know, let's. Well, we, you know, you might have heard if you're a regular listener that we interviewed Canberra-based broadcaster Tim Gable a few weeks ago and he spoke at length about um, skipper Paddy Mills um, on his early days in the sport, his charity work and along with the role his parents, Benny and Yvonne, have played in his career and how supportive they have been. And just interestingly, John, um, you know, in doing some research prior to this, um, in an interview after the Boomers won that historic bronze medal, the first medal of any colour for the Australian men's basketball team, he said, it's time to bring an Olympic medal home back to our country, Australia, so I can hang it up at mum and dad's place. And I thought that it was is really, really nice. nice. And do you know what? <laughs> Tim Gable spoke really highly of Paddy Mills in that interview and of Benny and mm. Yvonne and, you know, the relationship that they have as a family. And Paddy Mills, even beyond that, exceeded all of my expectations of him as a human being. I heard him being Same. interviewed post-games, et cetera, and I was like, mate, you are a special human being. You really are. I know. He and is. he just had it down. Such a credit to him and his family. And the and the internal, you know, expectation and demands that he placed on himself and his teammates. And and they've come through with their highest mm-hmm. achievement to date. And 
I have no doubt. And and forty two points in that and in, in that game too by him. Oh, in the final in the in the bronze medal game. Yep. And uh, and they you know they up until the third the middle of the third quarter they were they were giving um, the eventual gold medalists uh, the USA a real run for their money, and they they only got yeah. away late. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really enjoyable seeing them, and and obviously having had that experience with Tim Gavel in advance gave me a little bit of insight, mm. and I watched him closely and carefully, and how he carried himself, and he really is a, a special mm. human and, and someone that as Australians we're very fortunate to have. Yeah, no, just wonderful memories all round, and um, look, we'd really be keen to yeah, um, some get moments. some insight into what you took away from the games. You know, what your kids have taken away from the games, uh, what your favourite moments were, what your highlights were, and why. Um, let us know on our Facebook and Instagram pages or at our website, sportsparenthood.com.au. We'd love to, um, you know, have a conversation, you know, and keep living on the wonderful memories um, that have been the Tokyo Olympic Games, but. Um, thankfully, yeah, I was going to say perhaps yeah, there's something ahead. also about uh, some of the the lesser known sports or, or the new Olympic sports, the yeah. new breed. Yep. And um, yeah. you know, obviously, we yes. won a gold medal in skateboarding and and uh, BMX mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And there was we won a bronze medal in surfing indeed. as and, well, oh, which was wonderful. His, Owen Wright, yes. Partner interviewed. Oh, actually, I meant to talk about that. She was wonderful. She spoke so beautifully. It was, she really, really was a together human being mm-hmm. uh, who's been three, four months yeah. away. Who's obviously sacrificed a lot too Absolutely. because he's been away for a long time and they've got two young children. And he elected not to come home in the middle. Mm. And, you know, she was so excited. She so, was a credit. So she was excited. amazing. And, and, uh, and, yeah, they were ecstatic at his achievement and, and where he came from after having, you know, a significant setback. Mm. And it was really cool. Very cool. Mm, that was cool. So let us know. And thankfully, my gosh, thankfully, we've got the uh, Paralympics coming up to um, continue the excitement. So the Paralympics start on Tuesday, the 24th of August. Um, and I'm sure we'll all be back glued to the screen, um, cheering on um, the Australian team and, and the other athletes participating in that event as well. Whilst I've got you, and in particular in relation mm-hmm. to Paralympics, uh, at Manly uh, mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to come across uh, a Paralympic athlete, uh, Lauren Parker, and she's competing mm-hmm. and, and her coach Brad Fernley and she came and spoke to the boys. It was actually in 2019 up in Newcastle mm-hmm. and came and did a, a pre-game talk to the boys uh, about her journey and about her motivation. And for those that don't know, she was involved in a cycling accident as a very successful triathlete and she was unfortunately paralysed from that and she has ongoing complications and and quite often uh, her prep for events has been interrupted and, and that's no different now. She, she's recently been hospitalised uh, for 21 days but subsequently has been head down and don't worry about tomorrow, can't do anything about yesterday but mm. let's take care of today. Great message all around actually. It, it really is for all of us at the moment and Mm -hmm. she spoke to all of our boys and and basically she talked about her desire for that gold medal in this olympics and obviously Mm -hmm. at the time we thought it was next year but it ends up being now which is two years on Mm -hmm. and um for our listeners she's competing on sunday the 29th of august great at 7 30 a.m on channel 7 great and her race plan is she will lead from the start and she will drop Mm -hmm. them all and hurt them all and I reckon she's going to win. 
I think she's going to win gold. Awesome. I love hearing I love hearing stories like that. And her her reasoning is she is going to be the best. She will never ever give up and she believes that she's going to win. And I totally believe it too. Yeah. And uh so to Lauren and Brad, okay. Uh we wish you all the very best, even though you may never hear this. Um, perhaps you <laughs> they'll will. Get the, they'll get the positive vibes regardless. When you're wearing the bling around your neck, <laughs> uh, we will be with you. And, um, you know, I'm just, I feel privileged that we've had a, an opportunity to speak to her and follow her campaign. Yeah. And it really excites the boys in our program that, you know, we, we've had that hour or two with her that one evening and got to hear her story and, and now we can share it. Great. I can't wait to see that. So I think um, we can all as sports parents feel pretty assured that um, we're pretty important in this um, whole equation of um, raising kids. You know, I think all of these stories that we've talked about and, you know, we'll talk about, I guess, around the Paralympics as well, all comes back to the support of family and friends. So, you know, everyone, you're doing a great job. John, you're doing a great job. Probably not feeling as good as I might. (laughs) And, um, you know, I, I'm... Cheering the girls on through FaceTime. I, I am. I am. And, um, and I am so excited and to, to hear the little things that they're doing day to day and, and getting that sort of 10 minutes with each of them in the evening, um, you know, where we get to be with one another and, and just, just talk shop and, um, and share our mm-hmm. day and, and share the moments that have come and gone. The good and the not yeah, great. And, and we had a bit of a crappy day yesterday, but thankfully we're over it. I think everybody does. And um, and you you probably didn't get to unpack it with a lot of people, Tiff, but but I did here, and um, and it certainly helped me by because they could hear the upset in uh, in my voice, and they knew that obviously being apart from family. Yep, Are you okay? I'm okay? Yeah, it's not easy, and um, it's not easy for a lot of us right now, or most of us right now. So um, also thinking of um, other people who are not having a fantastic time, but trying yep. to keep their spirits up as we kind of navigate, you know, unpre- I guess you know, a situation that That's right. you know, a lot of us haven't been in before. So hopefully this podcast has been a little for bit of a distraction, a being able to talk about some amazing, amazing moments that um, we've enjoyed and I'm sure that you've probably enjoyed too. But finally, before we go, we'd love you to tell your friends about Sports Parenthood um, as we continue to grow our audience. Um, we'd love for you to... It is really important to us. Yeah, it is really important Um, and you can always find and follow us wherever you get your favourite podcasts. That's pretty much it it for this week, John. I'm going to push you. What was was your favourite moment? Mm. If you had to pinpoint one. um, That's a really (sighs) – you put me on the spot. Um, I have to say coming from an athletics background, the thing that probably put the biggest smile on my face was seeing the two 1,500-metre girls in the the final. Um, Jessica Hull uh, yep. and Lyndon Hall, um, incredible achievement that for both of them, you know, one um, just to come 11th and Lyndon to come Phenomenal. sixth in that 1500-metre grand, uh, sorry, final, um, knowing not that I've run heaps of 1500 metres but certainly have run them competitively um, and know how freaking hard that race is. And they just ran it beautifully and it's such a wonderful thing to see, um, you know, the future looking so bright in you know those middle distance events um for australia and, and what it, about it you seriously was incredible to watch that wasn't it it was it was uh-huh <laughs> yeah 
they're mind blowing. I just, it's mind blowing just how um, how quick they are and how hard those races are. And you know, just to see the bravery, knowing the hard work that has gone into those campaigns and all the campaigns, of course, but knowing the hard yards that have gone into those campaigns, you know, it, it's just it's awesome to see. What about you? For me, and you're going to find this interesting actually because mm-hmm. it's someone that you can relate to in something, is that when I was trying to cover off some paperwork and get some clear air time to get some catch up on some work for work, I sat down on Saturday morning and I, I watched the women's marathon. Oh, yeah. That was a good race too. And, uh, you know, Sinead Diver, um, mm-hmm. Lisa Waitman and – I'm really sorry. I apologise. I've lost the third girl's name and I should have been better Yes, you should have. But Mm -hmm. phenomenal. These three finished, you know, in the top 26 in in oppressive conditions. Some people were pulling out after two, three, four, 10K. This is a 42K event and all of them were positioned uh, so well halfway Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all three progressed from being 30th through to 10th or 53rd through to 24th or 20th, it was absolutely incredible to watch and um, full credit in particular to Sinead Diver. I know. At 44, made her Olympic debut, took up running at 33 in any sort of competitive Well, that's another lesson too, isn't it? And has now produced the best Australian finish in a women's marathon since Lisa Rondiecki at the 88 Seoul Olympics. Yeah, and you know what? For sports parents, it's quite apt to kind of come to a close because she's a mum. She is a mother of two yeah. and, and, and her finish took her by complete surprise. She literally was telling the cameras how speechless she was and how happy she was and at a 44 years old she still referenced her dad. Aww. And I think that was the, probably one of the more lovely things and why, why I thought about finishing uh, with this and um, she, how, how relieved she felt just to be able to stay strong to the end and just completely keep uh, pegging people back, mm. you know, and she, as I said, she closed with her dad and, and just said, uh, my dad is probably the proudest Aww. man on the planet at this moment and, um, and I imagine that's true. And we can all relate to that feeling um, when we see our kids put the effort in and try their best and make those yep. uh, a little, uh, little bit of progress every time Wins they go out. The so, um, yeah. Well, hopefully um, you're feeling inspired, your kids are feeling inspired. You know, don't forget there's Brisbane 2032 coming up with um, a lot of um, eyes have sparked up and cool. a lot of goals have started to um, get formed around, take, take shape. shape exactly around that. So um, until next week, team, that's it from yeah. John and I. Thank you so much for thanks so much for hearing us and um, listening. Take care, whatever's happening in your world. Take care. Bye, Tiff. I love you. Love you. Bye. That's gold. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sports Parenthood. Please leave a review, share with your friends, or visit our website, sportsparenthood.com.au, to connect. Catch you next week.